Hami Media Group continues to grow to new heights because of our loyal fan base and incredible sponsors. You followed us on our affiliate Hami Media Group channels for all of our awesome shows, including South Park Reviews, NFO Star Wars, and the Academy Star Trek Reviews, The Horror Junkyard, and all of our affiliate programming. We will continue to bring you the best in wrestling, conspiracy, and alternative media. Thank you for supporting our sponsors, subscriptions, sending bits, and promotion of the Hameen Media Group platform. Add both Hacker Hameen and Hameen Media Group on your iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and YouTube feeds. Thank you to the following sponsors. Zordos Olive Oil. Zordos Olive Oil is the finest artisan Greek olive oil on the market today. It's also the perfect holiday gift. You can make your family's favorite holiday recipe and they'll say it's the best thing they've eaten all year. It's imported. It's ultra premium Greek olive oil and it's available now at ZordosOliveOil.com. Again, that's ZordosOliveOil.com. Zordos Olive Oil. Taste the difference for yourself. The Coffee Roasters at TheBroasters.com. A new five-pound bag of Vince Russo Bro Coffee is here. Stock up before the next lockdown, bro. TheBroasters.com is the only place to get the limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Get up and have a cup of bro, bro. Exclusively from TheBroasters.com and RussoBrand.com. Use the official promo code BRO5LB when you place your order and you'll save some money, bro. At Hameen Media Group, we're all about self-improvement. Improve your mind and body with Stevie Richards Fitness. Head over to StevieRichardsFitness.com and take control of your fitness with Stevie's Resistance Band programs. These programs have been set up for every level of fitness. You can also try the brand new Stevie Richards Yoga program to make sure your flexibility and balance improve so you can feel your best. Visit StevieRichardsFitness.com today and build a better you. ProWrestlingTees.com, the best way to support your favorite independent wrestlers, podcasts, and hosts from the Hami Media Group and Russo brand is to get their official merchandise exclusively at ProWrestlingTees.com. Support all of the great Hami Media Group talent by visiting their Pro Wrestling Tea stores, such as the Greek God Papadon, BWO Stevie Richards, Big Sal under SEG shirts, Chris Silvio, the superstar himself, and of course, Ben Hameen, Yala. Hey, Infidel. You want to become an official HMG operative? Well, now's your chance. Just follow us on Twitter at Hameen Media Group. Shoot us a request and we'll send you the invite link so you can join the brand new private Discord server under Hameen Media Group. You can also join us on Facebook in the Hameen Media Discussion Group and interact with the entire HMG army. Play along in the Pick'em Challenges. Hang out in the Watch Along threads and interact with the HMG hosts. You can also check out all of HMG's Conspiracy Horseman propaganda on our Instagram by following us at Hameen Media Group. Like, follow, and share or be destroyed. Once again, thank you to all of our sponsors, subscribers, followers, guests, producers, and hosts of Hameen Media Group. 2.2 million downloads for Hameen Media Group is all because of your efforts and support. Now, let's get to the main event. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise, 
Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Fans, welcome to another edition of the Academy, featuring me, Commodore Zerdos, aka Demetrius Zerdos, Triple D, along with my man, the man who just absolutely wrecks the Lake Press at Planet Fitness, the man who Planet Fitness is afraid of because he puts way too much weight on that Lake Press and crushes it. Captain Cisco's boy, the man who knows more about Deep Space Nine than anybody. Big JDE, Johnny Enright, the Sinister Minister. What is going on, my friend? Oh, nothing much. Just, you know, celebrating a birthday. Today's oh, a ha- happy birthday. Yeah, it's his 42nd birthday today. So uh, so I think we've gotten a little present for my birthday today. We so if Yeah, so if you don't mind, I want to kind of unwrap this present and kind of, of, course. Kind, of, of course. kind of do this real quick. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and any sentient being in the universe... <laughs> We are proud to present to you today our special guest, the Andorian Annihilator, the Orion Obliterator, the Borg Breaker. Mm-hmm. You might know him as the Murder Hawk Monster. Good guys, what's up, man? <laughs> I bet you've never had an intro like that before. No, no, no. I was kind of disappointed you didn't include the Klingons, though. Well, well I figured. Okay, so that's well, gonna get into my the Klingon killer, it. bro. That's the easy one. Hold, hold on. I here, know. Here, here's the thing. To me, it's like if if I ever see you on Star Trek, I see you as the monstrous Klingon, as the the main Klingon warrior, just destroying all the rest of the Klingons. Be like, listen. <laughs> I run this place. That's 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 where I see you, Lance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, so so I mean that that's absolutely going to be one of my questions is is if CBS came to you, Lance, and said hey, you can play. We love you. We want you to play any alien in Star Trek lore. What what would it be? Where where are you going? Oh, it has to absolutely be a Klingon. Uh, just just right. just just to experience the makeup. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and and I want my own backlog. Oh, of oh, course. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now, Klingon. Are we talking TOS Klingon, Next Generation Klingon, or Discovery Klingon? Uh, I'm thinking Next Generation. So, that you know, that, those were my favorites. Worf, obviously, you know, things of that nature. You know, original Star Trek, you know, that I think that was a little dumbed-down version. Obviously, it was a different time whatnot. Uh, Discovery Klingons are bad, man, but th- that that's way too much for me. I, I don't know. I... I I, I kind of dug the Klingons that were in uh, um, Into Darkness uh, in the newer movies. Oh yeah, yeah. kind of kind of a, a next generation version, but kind of updated, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Now that see, that's why I figured Jacob said the same thing. My son, he was like, "Oh, Lance would get Klingon." Totally. Yeah, that's totally. <laughs> in all honesty, I'm surprised that that Alex Kurtzman hasn't contacted you or your agent to be like, "Hey, you know, I mean." I mean, I mean, look at you. I mean, you're gigantic. You're a monster. I mean, you murder people. I mean, Klingon is like bar none. And 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 with Star Trek, Star Trek has always had a history of using 
uh, professional wrestlers. Obviously, The Rock was in Voyager. And in the original series, they had a couple wrestlers from, like, England be right. in the, the original series. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that they haven't, like, you know, tapped you yet. Like, well, maybe, yeah. maybe this will be the jumping off point. Somebody in the Star Trek yes. world will hear this. You know? Yes. Hey, how many media group army? Yes. Get the word out. We want to get see Lance Archer out. in Star Trek as a Klingon. Do it now. We're going to get the word out. We have 2.2 million downloads. We're going to make that work for you, my man. Exactly. We're yeah. That happen. Sounds good. So, totally. Totally. So, all right. So, Lance, um, you're a murder hog monster. You're a wrestler. You're a professional wrestler. What started your love for Star Trek? Where, where did? What was that first thing that captured you for Star Trek? I think the the original movies, uh, obviously, uh, Wrath of Khan was just awesome. You know, I was pretty young when that first came out and things of that nature. But, uh, you know, Wrath of Khan, uh, Search for Spock, uh, you know, Journey Home, all those were just so much fun, so different in each different way. Um, I, I was a fan always of the movies, you know, and I think as I started watching, I watched Next Generation on TV, but I, I wasn't like glued to my TV waiting every week for each new episode. I just kind of watched what was on, um, you know, and the different ones, Deep Space Nine and things like that, that would come on periodically. I think I really kind of dove into my Star Trek nerdum when uh, I was traveling to Japan a lot because I spent, you know, about eight and a half years going back and forth to Japan. And, you know, on Netflix, everything was on there. And I've watched every single season you know next generation the funny thing to me i, I love next generation but it's kind of hard to watch the series for some reason mm-hmm. um you know deep, deep space nine even uh um enterprise which i was surprised i love scott bakula from from all his different series back in the day so he was he was the reason i even started watching that one but i enjoyed the whole series and i've watched all of them that are on netflix from beginning to end deep space nine uh enterprise um uh what else is on there I can't remember. Uh, you got Voyager. Voyager. Uh, oh, no, I watched Voyager from beginning to end, you know, so, you know, I've watched all of them. So it's, it's, it's been fun, you know, catching up on all the Star Trek lore in that sense. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So now you've mentioned a lot of different series. Mm-hmm. Which one's your favorite? You got you got to have one. You know, I was surprisingly, I enjoyed Deep Space Nine. Like, even when it was on TV, it was one of those. I didn't say it was oh my favorite. Oh, my God. Here you go. My favorite. Dude, that's it. Uh, no, that's it. He's, he's all excited. Surprisingly, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, but, you know, I mean, and, and then he, I think you have to be a, a fan of Voyager with a 7 of 9. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but uh, Enterprise, I think, is still one of my favorites. Is that wow. just, just because it was so simple. Like I said, I love Scott Bakula. I love the idea of the original enterprise, you know, going out there and having absolutely kind of like some of the original uh, journeymen and voyagers of history's past that basically jumped on a ship with no real understanding of what they were headed towards and, you know, dealing with everything as it came on to them, you know, speeding away at warp two and warp three or I think warp five was their strongest capabilities, you know, and then you go into the next generation when they're hitting warp nines and things like that. So. Mm-hmm. That's you know what that's that's that's, that's kind of funny because another uh, a friend of ours who's a former professional wrestler, uh-huh. ECW legend uh, Stevie Richards mm-hmm. loves Enterprise is a huge Enterprise fan. 
Yeah. yeah. I, I try to have conversations with uh now that I'm at AEW with Tony Giovanni. He's a big he's a big Star Trek guy. Yes. Too. Yeah, we, I remember we have a few conversations. Yeah. I, yeah. I did a I did a um I I am part of a low key big hog with on Shivani's podcast and we called and we we're talking and we we're talking about uh first contact and he was like, Oh, the fans went crazy because it was the Vulcans. Oh my god. So you know, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I know he's he's a huge Star Trek fan. Also, I think isn't Cody Rhodes a Star Trek fan too? He is, but Cody and I are usually at uh, uh, fighting, to say the least. Yeah, I, 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 I was just going to say, you know, Cody, uh, Cody, Cody's not a true fan. Like, you know, man, so. yeah, yeah, we we agree on that. So, all right, so Lance, you got you got Enterprise. That's your that's your jam. I love it. That's very cool. I'm not saying that Enterprise is the best. Each base not is the best. <laughs> Leave it at that. But you're the guest, so you you get it. Even though it's my birthday, I'm gonna let you have that. Um, so based off of that, if we're going to now narrow it down, what's your favorite ship design that you've seen in Star Trek so far? <laughs> oh, man. Now you you're, you put me on the spot here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man, I, I can't think of anything specific. What, what was the ship from uh, DS9 or when they were? Uh, the Defiant? The Defiant. Yeah, Defiant. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a hot rod starship right there, man. That, that, that's a good ship. That is a good ship. I like that ship. When they brought it in and Cisco sitting in that thing, I was just like, I heard somebody call it Cisco's pimp hand. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was like perfect. That, that sucker was so cool. Very yeah. hot rod. You know, DS Nine was always good, but it, it really stepped up when they brought Worf on board. So you had you yeah. had to add some next generation in there. You know, Worf was always yeah. such a great character, both next generation and Deep, Deep Space Nine. And, you know his his evolution. You know, even with his son growing up and things like that, it was real cool to see all those little different elements that they were at able to add to Worf's life. You know, getting married and, and everything that kind of helped transition his character into becoming the true warrior that he was always meant to be. Yeah. You know, right. A uh, fun fact with uh, Michael Dorn, the actor who played Worf. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Lance, you've seen Star Trek Six, correct? The uh, the yeah. yeah. The undiscovered country. Yeah, when he was in the when he was yeah. in the council when he was in the uh, council. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was to me when I because I first my love for Star Trek too. I got involved in the movies too, and when I saw Worf in Star Trek Six, I was like, oh my god! So they had Worf back in but the he, movies. But he wasn't and, playing Worf, was he? He was playing his descendant, like his. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, descendant. Yeah, that. Yeah, uh, like his ancestor. I mean, like so, like that's, oh, okay. that's supposed to be before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, yeah. I didn't know that, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's playing – he was playing the counselor who was supposed to be supporting Kirk and them, but he was his uh, – he was Worf's ancestor, like the grandfather before the father who got, you know, blamed for the Kittimer courts. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I still have to say my favorite Klingon, though, is Christopher Lloyd from uh, uh, Search for Spock, just because – Yes. Just because he is who he is and to play the mm-hmm. character the way he played it was pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was easily the best, you know, easily the best. All right, so the people know that that was Doc Brown, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was Doc Brown, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was kind of the thing is, like, the way he played it, it was, you had no clue. And, of right. course, the makeup, everything on it looked great, you know. Right. Just, I mean, it was easily such a good follow-up to Wrath of Khan, which mm-hmm. was such, I mean, to me, that's the pinnacle for Star Trek movies, if you're going to compare them. Wasn't know? that the introduction of that generation or the, the modern generation of Klingons was Wrath of Khan? Actually, no. Well, actually, the introduction for for uh, the modern Klingons 
to be to be a little nerdy. Sorry, guys. But <laughs> actually, it was actually uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture when were they, they were in that. Yeah, it was. That it was, was the first a horrible movie, though. <laughs> oh, come on, Lance! <laughs> come on, Viger, Viger. Oh, Viger. Yeah. That's, uh, so it was. It was the opening scene where basically, you know, you had the uh, the Klingon D sevens going in to destroy Viger, and that's where you see him with the ridges and, and speaking I Klingon. I, I don't even remember that at all. That's yeah. how bad the movie was. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> you just choke slam two triple D. I think most people, even if you watch Big Bang, how badly they speak of the original motion picture. Well, to to me about the motion picture, to me, yeah, I mean, the the, the premise of it can be a little boring of it, but I look at uh, the music, Jerry Goldsmith, what he did with the music, the special yeah. effects from from '79, they were pretty good. It was very and psychedelic. It is psychedelic, and. I love the Enterprise refit. That's my favorite ship. So okay. So that's. But. All right, so Lance, we've got favorite ship. We've got favorite series. Favorite captain. Pick me one of the captains that has has done the ship. Give me your favorite captain. I mean, I, you, I think you just have to go with Picard. I mean, they've they've all been some amazing captains. I love, like I said, I I love Enterprise and Scott Bakula and his character. You know, uh, Captain Archer. You know, I, I love the, the callbacks and they're. <laughs> In, in the new movies when they're like talking about oh Captain Archer's dog, you know, and things of that nature. Just those little things that kind of connect all the different universes that exist. Um, uh, you know, and I, I just think Picard, just the way he carried himself, uh, it, you can't beat that. I mean, obviously, you know, Kirk is the original. He's kind of the, the, the standard to all captains that exist. But Picard, you know, the way he carried himself. Plus, I guess, was Next Generation the longest running series or, or – if I remember, it was either Next Generation or DS9. I think DS9 went seven, and I seven, think Next Gen went seven. Seven, yeah. Oh, yeah, seven. I think they were tied. Okay. Well, I mean, and like I said, the, the, I think each captain, they you know, whoever's cast the series, you know, and each captain that they brought in, obviously bringing their different flavors um, – you know, I just read something, you know, Captain Janeway is going to reprise her role in a, in a voice acting role or something like that. And that that's pretty cool to hear. Um, and just all those combinations. But, yeah, I think Picard, he, he, he is the guy. He is the yeah. captain that everybody yeah. needs and wants to be. Yeah. All right. And so, uh, as a matter of fact, they have a Captain Janeway autobiography coming out. They did a Kirk one. Mm-hmm. They're doing some really interesting things with some of these captains on you know, they portraying that character. Um, mm-hmm. And so, all right, so next, it, if you have a favorite captain, now, who's your favorite, you know, crew member? Cat, like, you know, so Jordy or Worf or anybody, to Paul, anybody along the way, if you just, if there's just one person, when you say Star Trek character, not captain, who pops into your head? <laughs> Man, so many. That's the crazy and hard part to, to break that down. Yeah. Um, I mean, Data's a, a favorite and a love of, I think, everybody just because uh, he, he played the character so well. Um, but T'Pol, I, I think, is one of my more favorite ones, just to kind of see her, you know, struggle between her, her Vulcanism and then, like I said, the original voyages of the enterprise with humans and that relationship that really didn't exist. And the kind of the difference between, you know, the, the Vulcan high council and how they wanted things to be done. And the, 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 uh, combative rebelness of the humans that were like, we're out here doing our thing. They're not here. They can't control us. And then her kind of understanding that and becoming more of a a humanized character. You know, I I thought that was a lot of fun to watch, uh, to Paul and the original enterprise and and her interactions with the crew and everything. So yeah, I think that's probably one of my more favorite characters. 
Yeah, it's a good character. If Great nothing character. else, for the suits that she wore, I mean, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. seven or nine suits. You know, they put seven or nine suits on her. I'm not going to argue with that one at all. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. Bless and so, those, uh, bless those ladies. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, and of course, and of course, you know, t- hey, uh, birthday to Terry Farrell. Her birthday was this week, and her rocking that 1960s Star mm-hmm. Trek uh, uniform in that DS9 episode where they went back in time. Oh yeah, yeah. Whew. yeah. Well, I can't complain about that. But all right, it's so you uh, found the original series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so Lance, give us your your favorite Star Trek movie. Uh, which of all the movies that have been, I think there's been ten or twelve released. Which one is your favorite? Oh man, goodness gracious! Again, you're putting me on the spot. You know, I really yeah. enjoyed the the new Chris Pine movie. Um, I don't know what's what's that generation referred to. Uh, Kelvin timeline. Kelvin. Timeline, yeah, and I, I thought that was just insanely well done, you know, because the Star mm-hmm. Trek universe is so picky on things. You know, you make one little mistake, and they're on you about everything. And for them to take, uh, you know, an original cast, you know, Kirk and uh, Spock and all that, and able to cast them so well, but then create a timeline that that the Star Trek universe absolutely accepted. You know, I don't know or I've heard of really anyone that said, ah, oh, I hated that and hated how they did that and the way they've kind of recreated it. And obviously, you know, having Leonard Nimoy a, a part of it to help kind of transition from the old to the new, I think helped that tremendously. But I, I just think that was such a fun movie because they were able to take Star Trek to a whole new level. You know, it's I, I hope that they can bring that back. I hope that cast can come back. You know, I still enjoy it. All of them into darkness um and and the latest one um i can't even think of the name now yeah but you know i just i enjoyed all of them and how they were able to portray those movies and whatnot and but yeah just to take that kelvin timeline and to, to kind of reboot it with an original cast um it was too much fun too much fun yeah yeah, and there is talk. We we kind of keep reporting on it. We keep hearing that Zachary Quintos came out a couple of weeks ago saying they want to keep they want to do a four. Uh, they're still trying to get Chris Hemsworth back to do a thing with him and Chris Pine. Yeah. So that is that's the cool part. So then, hey, maybe we can get Lance Archer in a movie as a Klingon. Come on. Hey, there we go. We're gonna do that. I mean, why not? I was ridiculously excited when they said uh, that Quentin Tarantino might direct a version, and he wanted to use yeah. that past. I was like, just imagine a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie. The insanity <laughs> that would exist there, I, yeah. and to be able to use that cast, like if he's able to use uh, Zachary and, and Chris Pine and all of them, yeah. you know, uh, Z- uh, Zoe Zaldana and ever all, all of them in that, right. in that, in a Quentin Tarantino styled Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah. It'd just be crazy. It'd either yeah. be the greatest thing ever, or it'd be the worst thing. Ever. Would it be? Would it be anything? Could you do it with him keeping it not being rated R? That's the question. I'd absolutely want it rated R, just because mm-hmm. it's Quentin Tarantino. You know, I know it's a little risque and all that, and I know that they're they feel like they're separating themselves. I know a lot of movies will try to keep themselves at PG thirteen or whatnot because they think they're. Uh, uh, isolating themselves or alienating a portion of their audience that's want to go see it. But I, I think if you know Quentin Tarantino's doing it, you know it's going to be an adult movie. Um, he uh, pretty much everything he produces is is a lot of fun, even when it's as edgy as it is. Like I said, and to be able to go into the Star Trek universe and do that edginess, like I said, in, in a way that only Quentin Tarantino can do, I think it would be I, it would be an absolute success because I think people would go to see it because Quentin Tarantino did it, even if they weren't Star Trek fans. 
Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's going to instantly get a draw right there from, you know, people who know Tarantino just as a filmmaker. I think right. that's a shot in the arm for the franchise. That would be great. So, right. you know. Um, maybe, all right. So maybe, maybe, we, maybe we get Sam Jackson in there doing some crazy Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> oh, there we go. He needs well, to drop that Star Wars crap and come to Star Trek. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and here's the thing with the violence aspect of it being rated R. There's been so many instances of where – like in Next Generation, you had you know Picard and Riker like blowing that guy's head off in the in the, I think it was the first or second season of, of Next mm-hmm. Gen, and there's been all types of violence, especially in Picard and Discovery mm-hmm. and Next Gen and Voyager, where there's been like some gruesome, gruesome scenes. So mm-hmm. you know, so really tell you the truth, I think the Star Trek fans, which I, exactly they'll go to a see but Tarantino, but I think the violence wouldn't like you know turn them off as much. I think right, I believe I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. All right. So, Lance, uh, let's let's talk about some new stuff. Let's talk about Picard and Discovery. Okay. Um, what's your what's your take on it? Because it's been, what, 10, 15 years since a Star Trek show has been on. And now we've had two back to back. What's your take on Discovery and Picard? I love Discovery. I think especially the, the first season, both seasons were really good. Um, you know, I mean, I, I know the second season they were trying to, you know, capture the pipe days of the Enterprise and stuff like that. And the, the guy who played Spock, I thought he did a great job. And they were trying to create that connection because, you know, I think it's supposed to be, what, 10 years before, you know, Picard or mm-hmm. uh, Kirk takes over the Enterprise and stuff. That's kind of the original timeline there. Um, but, you know, the first season I thought was so much fun just with the, the way Discovery was handled. The the um, uh, um, what's what's the alternate universe called again? The mirror um, universe. Terran universe. Terran. 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 And, you know, and that was the funny thing because going back to your DS9, I, I, I didn't realize and pay attention to the fact that the uh, that, that was already a part of the Star Trek lore and, and even in Discovery, the original Discovery, you know. But it was really cool to see how they created that and how they went through all that and how they ultimately ended that. Um, season two, I think, was really good, but it wasn't as fun because I think, to me, it wasn't like they used – they didn't use discovery the way discovery was originally meant to me. That was, um, so I don't know how season three is going. Cause I haven't been able to watch it. You know, I know they're what 900 years into the future or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting once I do get a chance to watch him, uh, Picard, I thought was really well done. Um, I like, you know, the callbacks, you know, kind of, uh, intertwining like seven and nine and kind of creating an, an end to, uh, Picard and data, uh, things of that nature, but, you know, never knowing if that's, uh, What's Data's dad's name? Or um, uh, Soon. Noonien Soon. Yeah, Soon. You don't know if that's Soon or if that's actually Lore pretending to be his dad or whatever the case is. You know, because mm-hmm. they're on the the uh, uh, Android planet or whatever there. Um, but I, I Picard to me was a little slow. I liked it. I got it. I knew they had to tell the story. Um, they're trying to create a different feel for it, you know, altogether. And I'm glad that, you know, he was able to come on and he's, he's a big part of it. And he wants, you know, from my understanding, he's trying to get Whoopi Goldberg to come and be a part of the next set of the season and stuff like that. I think that's really cool. And hopefully the second season is a little more, you know, fast paced and exciting and Star Trek to me. The first season I thought was good, but I wasn't as impressed. Like I was super excited to watch the part. And then when I watched it, I went, oh, that was cool. But that was about it. But Discovery, yeah. I love, you know. So I'm, I'm kind of disappointed that I haven't been able to watch season three yet. Yeah, you will, you'll like season three. It's been great. I think, yeah. um, yeah, completely different direction. Um, but you know, you hit the ground running. So that's been the, they've got two seasons under the belt. So they, they hit the ground running with it. It's really right. good. All right. Uh, so 
you know, I mean, you you were in, you were in the know for a lot of the Star Trek stuff. So uh, I'm sure you've heard about the Captain Pike Enterprise series um, that they're going to do one with Anson Mount and all, and Ethan Peck as as Spock and um, you know Rebecca Romaine is coming back as number one. How do you feel about that? Like just covering that years. Um, I I think it's one of those stories that I think a lot of Trekkies definitely want to see and hear. I don't know how I feel about it. It's like, I'm not excited about it. I'm not like, yes, I have to see this, but I definitely will watch it. And I'm hoping they do a good job of it because like I said, it's, it's that time frame. You obviously have Spock there, but Spock's a part of a different enterprise at a different time. Uh, Pike who, you know, I think people really started to know and understand um, when the new movies came out uh, because Pike was, even though in the, in the history of it, you heard about Pike and you knew about Pike, but unless you were really, 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 into the lore of Star Trek, you didn't know much about Pike. So I think they're kind of trying to capture on that aspect that people now know who Pike is. Uh, they introduced him, you know, in season two of Discovery, and now they're trying to, you know, kind of capture on that uh, in its own series. So I, I think it'll be good. I'm not like excited to see it. Like a Discovery season, I want to watch, but uh, the Captain Pike, you know, if, if it's available, I'll watch it, you know. Oh, that was one thing, good thing about going to Japan. Uh, all the Star Trek stuff was on uh, Netflix, so I, I didn't have any problems watching it. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Ah, man, I got to get to Japan just for Netflix. <laughs> so, all right. So I guess uh, my last main question I have for you today, Lance, mm-hmm. is what does Star Trek mean to you? You know, everybody has some, they, they, it means something to them. Um, there's a right. connection with it. So my, what does that, what does Star Trek mean to you? Um, I, I think it, to me, it's just, it's a, it's a, pushing forward always, you know, there's always going to be conflict, no matter in essence, where you go in the universe, because that's life. Life is conflict. Uh, but if you, you know, come together in some form of unity, there's possibilities of moving forward and, and finding some kind of success and peace or whatever the case may be, but there's always going to be peril. There's always going to be somebody that's going to stand against you, whether it's a, a Klingon or a, a politician, you know, or <laughs> whatever side of the, uh, the fence you stand on there. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that in. Um, <laughs> but it's it's one of those things like, yeah, I think it's one of the uh, Star Trek has always kind of represented the possibility for uh, uh, an amazing future you know, with the idea that there's so much out there that we don't know about that we can learn and move forward together, you know, the, bringing species together, not just races, but species, you know, you know, from Klingons to uh, Vulcans and humans and so on and so forth. And, you know, that's the part of the Star Trek war. But I think the idea represents that in in life itself, you know, with humans, because we've got so much division today, especially it seems like um, that, you know, if we find common ground and come together and work together, we can all share a, a cup of blood wine and move forward. Exactly. Yeah, who doesn't very, love a cup of blood wine? I mean, very, <laughs> very, very well said, Lance. But I got, I want to ask you a question though, Lance. What's up with with um with everything you see going on with like Space Force mm-hmm. and people looking towards the stars and stuff? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a little bit on the conspiracy side of things. Where you know, <laughs> I tend to live, you know, in 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 that area. Okay. Do you do you honestly think that Star Trek is more? Uh, it's not fiction, but it's more of reality where we may not have ships like the Enterprise up in space, but we do have ships in space. We have contact with alien races. Do you uh, do you believe that maybe it's a little bit more, you know, reality than fiction? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, as far as, you know, John and I are concerned, um, you know, I think our faith 
presents us with a God that is all powerful and almighty, we mm -hmm. can look out into the stars and see that there's a universe there. And I think it's fairly arrogant if as a human being, you know, at one point we thought, you know, the sun revolved around us, not that mm -hmm. the earth revolved around the sun. So to think that we are the only creation that exists in, in all the universes that could possibly exist that are millions and billions and trillions of light years away, um, I think is fairly arrogant to think that we're the only thing that's ever been created. Um, and then, you know, so yeah, I think that we have had contact. I think there's just way too much evidence. And even now, you know, the NASA and then the U S military is starting to admit to certain UFO phenomenon and things like that. Whereas in the past, they absolutely denied them in every breath that they could possibly mm -hmm. speak. You know, I think there's way too much, you know, going on at, you know, area, like area 51 and area 52 and places like that, that is just beyond secretive to a degree, you know, and I get it. They've got to protect things because there's, you know, unfortunately um, we've got our own Klingons uh, on earth that are you know mm -hmm. wanting to come after the American people and so on and so forth. So they have to protect, you know, certain secrets and whatnot. But yeah, I think there's a lot of evidence uh, that, that there has been alien life form that has been to the earth and around the earth and that we have technologies that didn't exist. You know, the fact that in the last, what, 120 years, society and technology has advanced in ways that didn't do for thousands and thousands and thousands of years um, so fast and rapidly, you know, start talking about Star Trek, you know, was it, talking about a first contact. And even I think before that, when they're carrying around little tablets so that mm -hmm. they can do their work and computers and now look as, you know, I don't know what yeah you guys but i'm on my tablet today me you know, too talking to you guys so it's i think those are things that you know the same people that are thinking creatively for star trek you know as as an entertainment uh on tv you know they're the same physicists and nerds like you say you know on, on big bang that are so smart that are able to go I love that idea. I'm going to make it a reality and mm -hmm. are making them a reality from the, the things that we have now to the things that we don't know exist that do exist that, you know, whether it's military or whatever technologies within NASA and things like that talking about, you know, I think there's been a lot of grief given to the whole space force, you know, as far as a, a branch of the military, but it's like, as we advance, that's going to become a reality. You can laugh yeah. at it and scoff at it, but mm -hmm. there, there was always going to be a beginning to it. And I don't know what people expected, you know, whether it was just a full on alien invasion before we had a space force, you know, <laughs> but I think now that that's a reality, it moves forward. You know, Elon Musk is doing so much as far as mm -hmm. uh, SpaceX is concerned, you know, pushing forward in ways that, you know, NASA and governments haven't done in so long, which actually is going to make them, I think, do their own things to help push forward. So I think that advancement into space, whether it's getting to Mars, you know, the conspiracy theory that exists that we've already been there and we have mm -hmm. people there and things like that, you know, or the, the fact that the, the dark side of the moon has its own bases already and, and whatnot. You know, there's so many theories there that who knows, maybe they are real, maybe they're not real. But um, I think the Star Trek lore just is kind of... Uh, normal people's way of kind of envisioning what the future probably will be at some point, some form or manner. Yeah. Wow. Listen to this. So That's this is awesome. how professional Lance is. He is way more professional than GDP and those nerds on the Star Wars. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> we're going to, hey, if you don't mind, Lance, we're going to transition to some news that we have okay. at Star Trek News. Wow. And you just okay. hit one that was perfect that we want to start with. So let's no. go ahead and transition to our news right now. So according to this, there is now a real-life tricorder. 
Um, it is a self-funded project by Trek, Star Trek fans who wanted to win this thing called the X Prize. They had a $2.5 million first prize for the first person to come with, with a design that could work, that could do it. You, could, you had to meet so many criteria. You had to meet 13 different medical diagnosis, 12 common and one uh, other actual thing. The people who did this, who are Star Trek fans, who raised their own money for it, they are able to diagnose 34 conditions with just one device. So, <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. So, Lance, when you hear, after just hearing everything we just talked about, about you know what Star Trek has done, now that there is a real-life tricorder, how does that make you feel as a Star Trek fan? I mean, as a Star Trek fan, it, it, it just makes me kind of laugh and be, and it's giddy because it's like, yeah, I mean, the, like I said, talking about you know, the, the the pads, the iPads and the, the tablets and stuff like that, and just little things like that that have kind of come about. And then obviously, um, uh, like you're talking about right now, a tricorder, which I think is just good for human kind altogether you know if we can come up with some kind of device that's readily accessible i mean now you know i travel a lot and there's you know the uh, the aeds uh, the defibrillators that are just ready and available and so if you know if an actual t- tricorder device exists and you can have those in airports and in malls and wherever and you know you're not having to wait on uh, medical staff to show up to diagnose something that's going on so that maybe even when they the, the medical professionals the emts and whatnot arrive you know if you've got this device that can go he's lacerated his spleen they go all right and they you know they already know if you're on a phone with somebody with 911 and they're That's like awesome. you have your tricorder available yeah we got it here can you scan them and see what the problem is it's this okay great so by the time the EMTs get there they already know what they're coming into and they don't have to diagnose and it doesn't slow things down and now you're moving things along you know at warp speed to say the least and uh, <laughs> yeah you know, you're looking at saving lives in a way that never was possible before, you know, and hopefully the, the things like, you know, I've, I've, I don't know how true it is, you know, but the, their ability to um, teleport things, transport things, you know, very small particles and whatnot, but they've already been able to do that. And the idea is if that, you know, technology continues and advances one day, hopefully we won't be turned inside out, but you know, that they'll, they'll, uh, they'll have full transport capabilities for humans to be able to, whether you're traveling around the world or, or wherever we've got to go, you know, and like I said, talking about the medical situation, somebody's instead of having to be careful, I did out, they're simply transported to the, you know, nearest, you know, emergency, or emergency, emergency facility that can take care of them and save their lives. You know what? That will and that will help out too. After you absolutely destroy your opponents in the ring, they can no, 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 easily trip. They can easily. Oh, well, exactly. You won't because you know. He'll <laughs> so, put up a, a teleporter <laughs> blocker so that exactly, they can't get trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Be like, yeah. I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> I did te- teleporter te- teleportation uh, dampeners around. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Dampeners. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, he's making me look like a like a complete novice but 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 actually lance i forgot to ask you this question go ahead if you here's the thing so so we have you casted as the klingon warrior the Uh man that's like just just in charge of the klingons nobody wants to mess with Mm -hmm. where would jake the snake be (laughs) uh i don't know where jake jake would be the 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 elder that's on that high council you know Mm -hmm. drinking his blood wine and Eating is uh, I can't remember. Yeah, the yeah. Because I mean, because I mean, he's just I, I could just see him as a Klingon, just oh, sort of like uh, so sort of like what Christopher Plummer was in Star Trek Six, where he's just where Jake could just be so good with you know speaking and like being able to act like that. You know, he's right. just you know, he's awesome. And I think you and him together, oh my god, 
in, in Star Trek because the Klingons, oh, forget about Alex Kurtzman. Yeah, Alex Kurtzman, you better listen to this. You better get Lance Archer and Jake Roberts on Discovery, uh, the Pike series or whatever, because if you don't, <laughs> I'm telling you, you're missing the boat on this. Yeah, you'd be printing money. You'd be printing money. All right, so this I've week. Got, I've already got the hair, see? You know? Yeah, dude. Perfect. Oh, I mean, come on. Perfect. It works. Perfect. All right, so today is my birthday, but this week we had four huge, really big Star Trek birthdays this week. Wallace Shawn of Princess Bride fame, inconceivable, who was the grand Vegas, which I don't know a lot of people knew that from DS9. Uh, and then his, also Terry Farrell's birthday and Robert Beltran. So Robert Beltran was Chicote on, on Voyager. Uh, Terry Farrell was Dax on DS9. They had the same birthday on the 19th. And then yesterday was Alexander Siddig's or Dr. Bashir's birthday. So we had four different Star Trek birthdays in one week. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, okay, you got to pick one of those four. Which one of it, it, do you, is is just you like? I love that character. That's a fun one. I know Wallace Shawn didn't play a ton, but God, I I have to go Wallace Shawn as the Grand Nagus because when you hear that voice and you see him and he he walks in, Clark, what are you doing, Clark? And I mean, I just love when the Grand Nagus showed up. It was hilarious. So that's my birthday Star Trek choice. For we got a four way battle royal. Who you got, Lance? <laughs> I'm, I'm, you I'm got? right there. I'm right there with you, man. He, his oh. character was too much fun for such a short-lived and, and and so few appearances. You know, even though they it increased it more with uh, was it Quark's mother that he ended up marrying? Right. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think that's what made it fun was as the appearances like that. So yeah, I, I have to go with you, man. All right, all right, Triple D. Who you got in this four-way? Well, you know what? I'm not going to go against Lance because I don't want him to come here and choke slam me through a table. So I'm going to go with the Grand Nagus as well. I loved Wallace Shawn as the Grand Nagus 2 in Deep Space Nine because during that time, you know, Deep Space Nine got really, really heavy with the Dominion War. And there was a lot of seriousness and a lot of drama. And he helped to bring levity to the series, which is something that I love in Star Trek. I, I love the comedy in Star Trek. So mm -hmm. definitely, definitely Wallace, definitely the Grand Nagus. Yeah, especially like when there's that one episode where the Dominion had taken Quark's mom because of the Grand Nagus. Mm -hmm. And so then they have the commando uh, different uh, Ferengi <laughs> there trying to like go. Yeah, that was hilarious. It, it, it was hilarious just to watch Nog and Quark and mm -hmm. Rom, you know, all trying to be commandos and, you know, stuff yeah. like that against Jim Hadar. And you just I want. think. That was the episode where Iggy Pop played one of the. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean it's a, hey, we can have Iggy Pop. Let's have Lance Archer be. I mean, come on. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. No. Iggy's done right. a little more than and the entertainment world. <laughs> well, well, Iggy Pop ain't got nothing on you, Lance. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> All right, so so Lance Lavar Burton has been you know been kind of been talked about being the next uh, host for. Uh, Jeopardy since the passing of Alec Trebek. Um, other names have been Ken Jennings, Rosie Perez, which I don't know why, and George Stephanopoulos. I mean, mm. I, do you, how do you feel LeVar Burton as the host of Jeopardy? What's your thoughts on that? I mean, it, was it Reading Rainbow that he had uh, all this yeah. success with? So he, he already has some hosting success. Uh, very different with Reading Rainbow, obviously very different with Star Trek. Um, I, I think he's got a personality that would be a lot of fun. You know, there's few appearances that he uh, was it a few or just one that he showed up in uh, Big Bang. I'm a big Big Bang mark too, so it's fun to okay. uh, see all those guys pop up in there. And uh, you know, it was fun yeah. to see him pop up in the, the different series. 
Will yeah. Phil Wheaton. Yeah. Will Wheaton. That was always. Will <laughs> Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, Wheaton. that's a family. That's a family guy. Family guy. Yeah. Will Wheaton. Say it. Will Say Will. Will Wheaton. Wheaton. Say Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. That, that was good. All right, Triple D. Who you got? Who? How do you feel about Lamar Burton being uh, Jeopardy? I, I love LeVar Burton. Obviously, the fans are, the fans want me to go for the Greek, but no, nah, it's got to be LeVar Burton. I mean, he's – I mean, just just himself, he's just such an intelligent person, and he just has that, that demeanor and that aura around him, sort of like Alex, where, you know, it's not all about him. It's about the contestants, and he's there to help get the contestants, you know, help get – you know, help make them who they are, so – Mm-hmm. I think I think LeVar Burton will be the choice because I think Stephanopoulos will go into business for himself and because you know mm-hmm. he's Greek and Greeks go into business for themselves. So I mean, someone knows that very well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean I got I, I mean the only other choice would be Ken Jennings. I listened to him on he's got a he's got a podcast called Omnibus, which is great. Great personality. Mm-hmm. Uh him and John Roderick of the Long Winters, they talk about just random history stuff. Uh but uh what, and that there's the tie-in for that so rosie perez and white man can't jump did she go on jeopardy or was it was yeah that's yeah, yeah, that's, was, yeah I, I think that yeah. i think that's yeah. why there's that i was like rosie perez, what oh, just, yeah just, she was a just black. to hear her voice you know yeah yeah, yeah. oh man wow i'll take i'll take uh potent potables for uh, 200 alley you know <laughs> and so my life was like oh my uh, god but all right so Captain, speaking of Captain Pike, Anson Mount, he joins a scientific effort to make contact with aliens. Uh, as of November 17th, he joined METI, which is the organization called Messaging Extraterrestrial Intelligence, and he's going to be on their board of directors. So, Lance, is it a good idea to be sending messages out in space to aliens? I mean, like I said, I believe we have already had contact. Um, <laughs> I think if we're sending messages out there blindly, it, it is what it is. You know, the, what is it? The the old theory that, you know, the, a lot of the, the TV signals that were sent out in the past are the ones that have traveled the furthest and probably have reached some, you know, intelligent civilization somewhere. So they think that Lucy and uh, and uh, Ricky Ricardo are the, are the, the standard point of uh, America or human life right now. So, you know, who knows? You know, I think it's, it's an interesting concept to think that, you know, that we're obviously either a still reaching out or B we've already, we've already made that contact. And if that contact's already been made, it's kind of a mute effort, but you know, it is what it is. Different places, different people thinking different things exist. Who knows? Yeah. Okay. Triple D should be sending messages out into space. Why not? I mean, we send a lot of other things out into space and you never know. And just as, as Lance said, we've made contact with aliens. And so we're just instead of out there and he's right about the TV broadcast going out there. So it's like Ricky and Lucy <laughs> and obviously, you know, Hogan and Andre, but now, <laughs> but now these aliens are getting these TV messages. They're like, Oh man, who is this Lance Archer? This this murder hawk guy. We don't want to mess with this guy. I mean, this guy will come to our planet and mess us up like big time. So no, if, yeah, if, yeah. If they're, believe, if they're believing TV, I'm the first person they're taking out. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> or they or you're our self defense. That's that's the yeah, no, they won't come attack because they see this guy like, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about yeah, that. They, they, they watched you throw Marco Stunt, you know, from the ring and over the railing into the mm-hmm. ice. And they're like, nope, nope, not going to nope. be that. Yeah. Nope. 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 If there's if the right. smallest grays, then yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. We won't, yeah. We'll let, we'll let you have them at their grades. All right. So Lance, I don't know if you're much of a Star Trek collector. Do you, do you collect a lot of Star Trek memorabilia or things like that? I don't. I, the, the funny thing was, is I, I tried to, I, I stopped by, there's a, a place in Dallas. I mean, you know, about Trader's Village and there's a big, uh, yeah. there's a big sword and knife uh, shop there. And we stopped and they had, they did have like movie stuff. And I actually asked them if they had a bat lift and the guy kind of giggled and said no. Which if they'd had a bat, if they'd had a bat lift and it wasn't crazy expensive, I was going to buy it. But they did not. And that would have been my first real Star Trek uh, memorabilia that I would have had. I have a few, okay. but I don't have a lot. No. All right. So first of all, Triple D, we know what we need to get Lance. For you know, to encourage him to come back, we get his own yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, and then, all right. So, second, I'm on that. yeah. I mean, and then just send it to me, and I'll make sure I get to him because <laughs> you know we live a few towns apart. Yeah. So, uh, so December seventh, the Noble Collection uh, is actually releasing. I think this is for the first time ever a tri-dimensional chess set that you see in the original series Spock playing. So, uh, that's never been done before. And it's the like from the original series. It's 32 diecast pieces measuring approximately one and a half inches tall, and it's going to have a translucent acrylic game board, and it's going to be 13 inches tall. So, I'm not a chess player, but I mean that is one of the I think premier original series kind of mm-hmm. you know you see that and you're like that's from Star Trek, you know kind of thing. So. Lance, would you would you for one hundred and forty five dollars own a tri dimensional chess set? No, no. <laughs> I, I don't play chess. It would be fun to you know set up and be able to look at because I think it is cool to look at. But I'm not going to spend one hundred forty five bucks on it. Yeah, I don't blame you. I I, I wouldn't either. That's, uh, I'm not a chess player either. I would pay one hundred forty five dollars for a balance, but not not a chess set. Triple D, are you buying a, a triple? Are you buying it? Uh, I mean, I would just have it just as as show. But actually, speaking of that tridimensional chess set, I think there was a company called the Franklin Men. I think they released something similar to that because mm. when I was out like trying to get some Star Trek merchandise, there was a guy. He bought a bunch of stuff from the Franklin Men. He had that tried. To, he had like the chess set. He had all like all the combat, just everything, Klingon stuff, which I don't think he had a battle because if he had a ballot, I probably would have bought it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and then, yeah. and then, I, and then I would have wrapped it up and I would have sent it to land. So that, yeah. <laughs> of course we yeah. got to. Yeah. yeah. So uh, well, I guess one last question for you, Lance, uh, okay. being that you, you do like Star Trek, have you ever been tempted to incorporate it into wrestling? As far as what house, like as a character or as entrance, or I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying somebody in your company hasn't already done that, or like just right. have have something like you know Star Trek related somewhere on your gear, or you know where you have like oh, a small little playing on. Who did that other guy? That other guy yeah, sucks. I, <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool to throw the uh, the Klingon high high council symbol on there or something mm-hmm. of that nature, uh, or maybe create my own my own. Uh, House of Archer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. symbol or something like that. Um, oh, that'd be fun, you know. Maybe you know the, the EBD claws, the closest thing to the, a Vulcan neck pinch, I guess, that you could have. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a little, there's a little inclusion there. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Lance, we, I just want to, you know, we've been going for almost an hour. I just want to thank you for your time, man. You have been an incredible guest, uh, uh, as always. And I appreciate you. Um, we're going to talk discovery. I know you haven't seen discovery yet, so Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to let you go because you give it, you've given us more than enough. You've given us an hour of your time, man. I got it. I got it. I got to say, Lance, thank you, Lance, so much for coming on. We appreciate it. I want to thank also, too, I want to give a big shout out to All Elite Wrestling for giving, you know, for for giving us the opportunity to talk to you, to be on third party platforms, unlike other organizations that are not going to be said, you know, so I want to thank All Elite Wrestling and, you know, and thank you, Lance. It was a great discussion. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Be long and prosperous. Yeah. Hey, Lance, real quick. How do people find you if they want to talk uh, Star Trek with you on the Internet? How they how they get all of you? We're going to see you. Um, Twitter, Twitter and Instagram are my two main ones that I use, you know, uh, at Lance Hoyt and uh, Lance underscore Hoyt on Instagram. So those are the two main ones I use. I, I deleted my Facebook apps because it was way too negative out there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. If I didn't have to do it for work, I would have deleted it too. So, <laughs> all right. And then Lance, uh, of course, where can we, where can, because some of our, we're on a wrestling type platform, a conspiracy theory platform, but maybe some of the people who listen aren't wrestling fans. Where right. can they watch you wrestle? You know, because you're on a TV show. Right. How, how, how can they watch you? <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Uh, check me out, Lance Archer, the Murder Hawk Monster. Every Wednesday night, TNT, if you're here in Texas, Central Time is 7 to 9. If you're on the East Coast, it's 8 to 10. Um, and then there's also the YouTube series called Dark that airs every Tuesday night, um, I believe at 6 p.m. Um, check out either one of those. You can see me on, like I said, live TV on Wednesday nights, TNT, or you can check out Dark on Tuesdays. All right. And awesome. then I, I know in what a couple of weeks they are gonna have a special um they're gonna have a special dynamite call on Wednesday night called Winter's Coming, I believe. Is that is that y'all's next big show? Uh well I mean it's a it's a it's a themed uh, uh dynamite, yes of course, you know, headlined by John Moxley and uh Kenny Omega for the AEW championship. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, and maybe a murder hawk monster. I mean, you know, you could show up. Of you, I, Lance. Just, I might come through and just stomp them all because I'm tired yeah. of it. Yeah, you're afraid of you. Who's going to stop you? Nobody. Who cares? <laughs> so, so, Lance, thanks again for your time, man. We appreciate it. And for the plugs, we just, thanks, you know, we, we hope you have a great day and uh, appreciate you coming you on, my friend. All right. All right take guys. care. Y'all thanks, Lance. Later. Later, guys. Bye. All right, bro. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Holy Huge cow. guest. Huge guest. And huge. And literally. Literally, 6'8", 275-pound gas. That's huge. And listen, how about this? Not only does he break necks and cash checks, he's also one of the most intelligent people out there. And that's the one thing about the Murderhawk monster. He will put you through the fucking ceiling, but he is intelligent and he knows how to get things done. And if I'm Moxley and I'm Omega, I'm I'm afraid because – He's yeah. he's contemplating something. Him and Jake oh, yeah. Roberts, him and Jake Roberts are definitely going to do something, and they're going to like. So so to the fans, that's all you there, can say. That's exactly. all you can say. You don't know because you, you don't know. You don't know. They, 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 they come out on dark. They put everybody on notice. It's going to keep happening. They're going to keep killing yeah. people. Exactly. And it's it's just there's nothing. What are you going to do about it? What yeah. are you going to do about it? Yeah. You know. So mm-hmm. you know. But incredible guests. You oh know, so knowledgeable in Star oh, Trek. You know? Unbelievably knowledgeable. You know. Yeah. I mean, just- the only, listen. The, the only the only issue is 
doesn't like the motion picture, man. That was, that was, <laughs> I literally, I literally, so I have a picture of Lance in our, in our house that he signed for us. And it's when he, when he was with New Japan and he had chokeslam Will Ospreay in the G1 Classic in Dallas through a table. And Ospreay has this look of like, what just happened? And your face was that same look. I just like, yes. He just, he just did. He told me right to that table. When he was- yeah. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, oh my God. God. It was so yeah. He is, uh, he is, to 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 his friends. He's a he's you know, he's nice to you, but to his enemies, it's over. It's good over, luck, guys. Know. Good luck. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And so, so guys, if you're listening, let us know if you want to have Lance back on. You know, yeah. maybe when we when we when he gets caught up with Discovery, we can get mm-hmm. him to talk some Discovery with us. And so, and being with that, let's uh, let's go ahead and transition and talk a little. Discovery episodes five and six. You want to do that, Triple D? Sure, let's do it. All right, let's transition. Okay, so Discovery episode five. And I know our man MSG, he does this for us, he puts in the spoilers for us, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to spoil stuff for you. So, you know, we got to, we got to, we watch them. So, we're going to start. Also, to heat on MSG, he wasn't on with us when he was supposed to be. He was supposed to be listening. He was supposed to be in the background. Supposed to be like our like our behind the scenes. Got put well, some heat on him. No, I, I he, just he, talked it off. Just, just, like, no, no, no. He worked overnight. Like he didn't. No, he worked overnight. No, no. Nah, nah, he's, nah, he's good. I, he's I, good. I've never I, ever. MSG, there's never any heat. I know. Uh, I just, I just I mean, break his chops. That's all. Yeah. Ha! You just got effed in the A. What? Yeah, you got served. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Okay. All right. We got served. So now, I guess, it's on. All right. So let's talk episode five. Die Trying is the title of this episode. And so in this, we see that thanks to ta- the Tau symbiote mm-hmm. um, from uh Adira, that mm. Discovery is able to go to Federation headquarters. Yes. And of course, it is, I mean, like, first of all, wow. Yeah. It's wow. Yeah. You know, it's it's inside a distortion field mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's powered by the ships inside of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the 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 technology's advanced, the, the cool shout outs, you know, the Voyager J. I you saw know, Voyager J. Yeah. You know, yeah. Did you yeah. did you see the uh, the shout out they had? to the, they have the USS Nog, Nog yeah, which is which was a they called it a uh, is uh, Aaron Rose. I don't know, what's his name? Eisenberg class. Eisenberg class. They called it an Eisenberg class ship. Yeah. I mean, just the just the different yeah. stuff. The, you know, yeah. the, I was there for the ship designs. Uh, I'm a, I love the ship designs. So we learned that they're bio organic and holographic ships. Yes, so way other kinds of advanced technology, and you know, um, you know, it, it's just so cool to see some of the nods that they threw in there. Um, I mean, I don't know how many times I've rewatched that scene of this of Discovery coming yeah. in the park and just looking wild. Oh yeah, God, I love that so much. It was so beautiful, you know, everything like that. And so they pull in. You know, and then we meet uh, Oded Fair was the guy's name that I was trying to remember that plays Charles Vance, the yeah. from the Mummy series. Yeah, yeah, he was 
And so um, he's, he's really good. I love him as the admiral. He, yeah, his whole aura about him is just fantastic. Exactly. Just big, he has that admiral kind of look to him and, yeah. and presence. And mm-hmm. um, you know, he explains time travel has been declared criminal, and there's no historical records of discovery. And and so their story can't be corroborated. Yeah. And, you know, it's a crazy story. And so we see that they're kind of, um, you know, being debriefed and the, the debriefings are pretty incredible. You know, the, it's all done by hollow people, you know, basically yeah. holograms are doing yeah. it. And uh, Giorgio's, you oh, know. She, uh, <laughs> uh, she but bar none. I mean, a lot of, like so I was going I didn't want to. Tell Lance, though, but like some of the Star Trek fans, when it came to the motion picture, when it came to the, the Kelvin timeline, they bitched about Khan being Benedict Cumberbatch, which go fuck yourselves. Benedict Cumberbatch right. killed, killed it as Khan. And a lot of fans bitched about Giorgio and, ah, oh, it's fuck you guys too. Philippa Giorgio is like the fucking cream of the crop when it comes yeah. to recovery. Her, the way Michelle Yao, the way the actress, the way she plays it and everything else. Unbelievable, unreal. Her comedic timing is right on. Her, her seriousness and her badassery is just—it's all there. It's so good. I mean, you could put her in any Star Trek, you know, series, universe, movie, fit in seamlessly, be awesome. She is the best. Yeah, no, it was incredible the way she like defeats them by blinking. God, yeah. And, you know, and then, of course, we find out she's being interrogated by a Section 31 guy, kind of. And so then that begs the question, so is this the Section 31, you know, spinoff that they're talking about maybe doing? You know, maybe at the end of this season, does she become part of the this century, the 32nd century's, you know, you know Section 31? You should, yeah. You know, kind of be cool, right? Yeah. You know, so... So we see that, we see them go through this, and then all of a sudden they find out there is these alien refugees who are suffering from a sickness, mm-hmm. and they cure which lives on a seed vault ship called the USS Teagoth, mm-hmm. you know? And and so, we, and, you know, and I, I found that very interesting because, you know, we here on Earth, we have a seed vault up in, you know, Norway or something along those lines, and the idea is we're putting all these seeds in case something happens. Exactly. Uh, to do that. And, and it has this really cool storage system that houses countless seeds and the care for the ship falls on different species from time to time. So different Federation members. And we know the Federation isn't as big as we know Trill's not in it anymore. Earth's not in it anymore, but we do see that. And then it was kind of mentioned, I can't remember if it was episode five or six where they talk about Saru, how um, his race joined the Federation. Yeah. At some point it was, you know, yeah, it was this episode that talked about how, you know, this is the first time I've seen this race in a while. It's just they haven't, they joined the Federation, they just haven't been able to get out there. Um, yeah. But we also find out, and this in the TCOV right now is being, um, is the most recent caretakers are Barzans, which mm-hmm. is the species non, the the security chief who has the the cool rebreathers on her, yeah, on her yeah. face. Um you know, that's her race. And she's like, they just, they joined the Federation. Like, wow, that's so cool. I've never met a Barzan since I joined, mm-hmm. you know, it was very cool to see that connection. And so, you know, she's kind of the focus of this episode. Um, and, you know, and, 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 you know, great. And it, oh, I'm sorry, John. No, go ahead. Go ahead. 
it's a great focus because I think she's a great, you know, uh, B character in it because Mm -hmm. in the previous in season two of discovery, she played, she did play a pretty big, she played a big role as security chief. Mm -hmm. And I really, I, to me, that species of Barzan and the way she played it, I really, I enjoyed it so much. You know, I think she's really good and done very well. So, right. And, you know, I mean, I think, you know, we, we saw how she worked as a security chief. She suspected mm-hmm. Arium. She spaced her. You know, we, we, we know all the decisions she made. Um, you know, she was always just very stoic and everything. But we know that because we know, like in the last episodes, you know, there were so many people dealing with them. They weren't fine. They had things they were dealing with. We know that mm-hmm. she regrets coming to the future because she misses her family. You know, Barzan is a very family oriented race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so uh, they do the, They do this. They, they spotlighted her and you kind of had to know something was you know, yeah. coming, you know, on this. And so we see in the episode um, that some things happen to the Barzan family and they're everybody but one is essentially dead. And so she decides to stay behind on the teacoff. She helps get the seed that they need, but she stays behind with the other Barzan uh, caretaker to help care for the ship and the family and move forward. And it was kind of, I think it was a good closing arc for her um, because it was poignant. It was significant. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just like, Oh, we're going to kill her off or whatever. No, they connect her. She was missing family and she's now able to, you know, be able to see some of that. Um, And so she was, um, she was connected in a way that, you know, really, if she would have stayed on Discovery, it, she would have always been kind of um, that odd person out because, yeah. you know, there's there's no Barzans. And now she's able to go be with this person and then eventually make her way back to Barzan, you know, which is what she wanted to begin with, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, so that's, uh, you know, that that's kind of, you know, an interesting thing. Uh, I think I think this, that was some of the good stuff. What, what was something you want, you pulled out of this episode, Triple D? What, was something you really liked out of this something i really liked about it was how they're beginning to get the doctor more involved mm-hmm. in, in everything and as i said before i see him and i'm like you know discovery is beginning to get more and more like the original series just the way it's going with everything and it to me you know i mean i'm a original i love the original series i'm mm-hmm. watching it right now I mean, I've seen the seen these these episodes like five or six times, but just the whole dynamic of how they're doing it, especially with the doctor, how he started to become like like literally, I see him as like Doctor McCoy. He's like the second mm-hmm. coming of McCoy, and just so good. And just the fact that they're folk, they're putting a lot of spotlight on uh, the different characters of Discovery, and which is good. It's just not. It's just not all Burnham, you know, centered or, or Jojo centered. They're starting to get right. more of uh, the, the shipmates in it, which is good because, you know, that's how you build really good Star Trek uh, series is where you have, where you have fans, you know, gravitate towards certain crew members, you know, like, like I'm sure there are, there are guys that loved as, as Lance said, you know, he, he liked data a lot, but some people like mm-hmm. Will Riker. They like Crusher. Yeah. Will Wheaton, some people like Will Wheaton, yeah. but a lot of them hated him. Yeah. Uh, you know, Picard. Shut up, Wesley. 
Leslie. So, you know, but that's good. And I really enjoy how they're starting to become, starting to bring out more and more of the characters out. So, yeah, I also liked the, you know, there was, there was a couple of like little things that you're kind of like, huh. You know, the first was in the seed vault. Uh, in the seed vault, Burnham notices that music uh, played in a hologram of deceased members of the caretaker's yeah. crew is the same mm-hmm. music played by Adira. You know, it was kind of yeah. like, you know, um, and, and Adira played that thanks to Tal's previous host, Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, so, okay, what is there a significance to that? Kind yeah, of thing, you know, exactly. Their connection, yeah. you know, and then the second was, you know, is there something wrong with Georgia? You know, um, mm-hmm. you know, the you know the unnamed operative of the Federation uh, that was David Cronenberg, by the way. I don't know if you recognize David Cronenberg. He's been an actor in quite a few different things. He looked uh, familiar. That's, I mean, like, what's he known for? Like, like, what's the big? Because he looks so familiar, but I just couldn't put my tongue on it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> let's see. He's. I know he's a Canadian film director, that's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and let's see, uh, what are some of his credits? Uh, he played. Uh, uh, there's there. There's not a lot of his credits that mm-hmm. I am really familiar with. I like you said he's played on a few things that I, I'm, I'm for sure that I know. Is this is this, uh, is this is this his first time like in Trek, or has he been in Trek uh, before? No, he's. I think it's his first time in Trek uh, oh, because he only had. He's been mostly a director. Oh yeah, he played. Uh, he played uh, the, on Discovery. Um, and let's see, the everything else looks like Canadian TV shows. Okay, All right. um, you know, but uh, apparently he played on Alias. Um, oh, wow. I never watched that show. He played Doctor Brizel. Okay, um, you know, I never watched Alias. Um, I'm just trying to think. I'm looking at a couple of uh, the newsroom. He played David Cronenberg. Okay. He played himself, um, nice. which is the meltdown, um, <laughs> which is, I think, the starting episode. So, yeah, that's about it. Okay. So um, he's more known for directing than he is for um, for his actors. He's got more director um, uh, credits than he does okay. acting. But still, I thought it was a great choice for that character. He just – the way he spoke and the way he – carried himself was just really cool. I really yeah, liked yeah. it. I think you had a very good, unique look to him. You know, so, so you know, and then so uh so uh you know and, and it's and it's like Cronenberg kind of or the operative or however you want to call him seems too interested in George O's from the mirror universe. And and so uh and she's impacted that um her universe is no longer accessible that they're drifting mm-hmm. apart. Um, and, you know, like just that interaction. And it's almost like she has her own version of PTSD, mm-hmm. you know? And I think we see that in the next uh, episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Little, Big yeah, we see that a little bit more. Um, we'll get to that. But, like, you know, it's really good. They just, you're beginning to see just a touch of a crack in Georgia. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. You know, she's this, she is I'm utterly wicked. And, but yet, we're seeing some cracks in her mm-hmm. armor. A little bit to show that maybe she's not as all you know what she thought to be. So you know, here's my question, Triple D: How long till we see a 32nd century Enterprise? Are we going to see one? Do you think they're going to throw that one out there? Uh, I, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if they do, but mm. I don't. Uh, I don't think. Well, I don't know. They 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 might. If mm-hmm. they do, then 
I'm interested to see who the captain of that enterprise is. To yeah. me, to me, what would absolutely just would pop the living shit out of me if it's like Captain William Decker, the like the eighth, and <laughs> he's like a machine human hybrid because both him and Ilya, obviously at the end of the motion picture, spoiler alert, they united become that would be now to me as a fan that would be something that'd be great or or if they do something like i don't know um montgomery if they have like if they do like a female captain of the enterprise which i wouldn't mind at all if it's like uh rikers like it's related to uh you know will rikers like you know great 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 great, 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 yeah Great grandchildren, something like that, something you know, cool like that. Hopefully, yeah. But yeah, you never know. Yeah, you know, I just, I just think you know, seeing all these different ship styles and designs, and mm-hmm. you know how the Voyager J kind of retains exactly. some of that Voyager shape, and but then you have the TCOM, which was an interesting design. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting. It's a sea vault, but how small it was compared to Discovery. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, that was, and that was a great scene where. But we're we're still seeing um, Detmer kind of still struggling a little bit with, you know, you know everything going on and being, mm-hmm. you know, oh my gosh, I'm you know freaking out about the shakes and everything along those lines. I think I think it's telling a good story that you know, and Owasu is just kind of encouraging and trying to you know yeah. you know help her help her partner out and 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 you know Detmer is just like yeah well she's like you did good she's like well it's closer than it should have been you know like it's like She's still not quite back to being confident like she would. Yeah, and I, I'm 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 looking forward. Like that's the thing about this season is they've done such a good job with the secondary characters and oh, seeing yeah. and developing oh, them and yeah. seeing how they're dealing with everything. So mm-hmm. you know, and of course, seeing Saru as the captain and being in that role, and I thought it was very unique that they kept him back and let Burnham come in. That that mission where you know Burnham was the captain for that mission to go get the mm-hmm. sea ball. Yeah, you know, I found that very um, unique and interesting. And that's really the first time we've seen her in command like that. You know, so um, you know, I found it very very. It was, I think to me it was it was a great episode. No, it was. You know, episode, yeah, really enjoyed it. You know, just you know, moved very well, told a great story, and just mm-hmm. moving along real good. Oh, yeah. And then that brings us to episode six. Yeah, that was this. episode six yeah. is good too. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's titled Scavengers. Um, you know, and this I, this episode I think shows how much Burnham has changed. You know, big time. Uh, big oh, yeah. time you know, you know, um, you know. So it starts off that I mean, I think the the thing that really got me super fired up was the refit of the discovery. Yeah, you no, know? you were you were marking out huge for that. <laughs> Oh, you got, you know, if I watch the entrance of the different ships coming in, you know how many times I watched the refit of this ship? Hold on, you're like, oh my God, they took the day cells off the ship. Yeah, yeah, dude, with the, you know, the programmable manner and all that kind of stuff, the the interfaces. It was fucking fucking cool. And I don't use fucking a lot. It's fucking cool. It It was was great. It was great. I mean, just, you know, just that thing. And I found it interesting that they changed their registry and they gave them the A, you know, because oh, technically, you know, because really you don't do that on a refit. You do it when you build a new ship. 
you yeah. know so like the enterprise uh, uh, no uh, actually no 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 you are right no i'm sorry i apologize because motion picture and cc 1701 then when they wrecked the ship in star trek Three seventeen oh one A. Okay, all right. Okay. Yes, because they took an older Constitution class, refitted it, and made it the Enterprise, and renamed it as mm-hmm. it's the A. Yeah, yeah. And, and so the the B came along when it became the e, Excelsior class, yeah. C Ambassador class. Which, you know, which I didn't like the Excelsior class. Ugh. Yeah, I, it was. It just looked like an Excelsior. I like the Ambassador class. The ambassador, ambassador, class. Yeah, ambassador class was badass. Very good. And the D, of course, was the Next yeah. Generation. You know. Galaxy class, and then and then obviously course, the E, you know, you got the sovereign. Oh, yeah. Such a beautiful ship. I was, yeah. I was, I like it. So, so there's this. We, I got this. I don't have cable. I have antennas. So they have the digital channel called Comet. And for the whole week, they've been showing the same Star Trek, and I still watched all of them. It's the same ones. It's like four uh, yeah. generations, Nemesis, you know, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And like, of course, you get first contact in Nemesis, and I'm like, I'm just watching it for the sovereign yeah. fly by four. Could, could you not show insurrection so I could see more of the sovereign like doing exactly. stuff? You know? I saw. I saw. I saw Star Trek Four. Where are we going, you dumbass? Well, double dumbass on you. <laughs> it's on you. Yeah, yeah. It's like Captain. I noticed Spock when they're on the bus. I noticed your your language has changed. You know, it's double dumbass on you. And yeah, it's like yeah. And then I love where I know we're getting off topic, but I love where yeah. she goes. What's up with your friend? Oh, he did a lot of acid at Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just kind of thrown right. It's like it's they know just enough history to get by, but not yeah. enough for it to be like where it makes complete sense for your yeah. own. And then and then I love it when Spock uses the colorful metaphors. Where <laughs> he's like, Spock, where's my power? One damn minute, Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, this is Spock who's just now merged with his yeah, body. Exactly. You know, he, he, his his Kai has merged back with his body, so he's mm-hmm. relearning everything. Yeah, and you know, like at one point he keeps calling Admiral Jim. Used to call me Jim. You know, like exactly. Yeah, and and so it's getting. It's getting you, you can't expect Spock to be Spock. He's mm-hmm. he's off. You know, even even to his friends, he's off because he's having to relearn what yeah. is this. Like at the beginning, you know, he's taking the test and says, How do you feel? And he's like, I, I don't understand know. the I don't understand the question. Because he's Vulcan and his mother's like, But you're half human too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, it's it's just great. You know, Star Trek has always told great yeah, stories. It's a great it's, so, it's a great movie. Yeah, so we get a a new ship. As as we go back to Discovery. Back to Discovery. We get a new ship, Mm -hmm. detached warp cells, futuristic Mm -hmm. technology in and out, um, programmable matter consoles. Everybody's given the new com badges with personal um, teleportation. Yeah. Dude, that was so funny with the Saurian guy. Oh, yeah, Uh, that was hilarious. He kept popping up into like the most random places. Oh my most, god, I love the most inopportune times too. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, he's so great. I love yeah. that so much. And, you know, and and that's all about the season of Discovery. They're able to not take themselves so serious, where they're able to put those moments of levity in where they didn't have exactly they didn't have that in season one and two a lot. So right, exactly. And then and so we're seeing because we're we're seeing them gel. Um, and then we see after Discovery is refitted, the Federation headquarters gets an unexpected visitor. Uh, book shows up, or at least a ship, and it's all it's only his cats in there. Grudge. And that's a big cat. Um, yeah, it's a big that's a cat. cat. That's, that's a, a yeah. big old cat. And it, he was captured and sent to work in a mining camp by a local pirate gang. Uh, and Burnham wants to rescue him. Her superiors, mm-hmm. including 
you know, Captain Saru and Animal Rand's tell her no. Yeah. And but, it, but, but, book, but book discovered something that would help right. burn them out with the burn, the right. black box of, of a ship. Right, exactly. And so, you know, that and that's been so and that we find out that's what Burnham's been doing for her years. She's been collecting various black books. Mm-hmm. So the idea being we can triangulate some of these things and maybe get an idea of if the burn started at a particular place or is instantaneous kind of thing. So um and so even though because discovery is now a valuable part of the Federation's recovery efforts because mm-hmm. they can go anywhere with despite war. Um, and we even see, we see um, Adira put in, you know, the programmable matter for um, stamens. So yeah. he doesn't have to have the implants anymore. He can take those out and it just kind of goes in that way, which I thought was very cool. That, you that know, was cool. Yeah. Very, and, very neat. So also- of course, Oh, okay. You saw the relationship between Adira and Stamets too. Yes. Uh, yes. And and you kind of like got that after watching the episode where you first meet Adira, where where her and Stamets kind of you know they kind of like you know exchange you know uh, exchange blows you know mm-hmm. uh, verbally and and mentally where they're going back and forth on science and stuff, and you notice like a budding friendship beginning there, and then it comes to full circle here in, in episode six. So. Right. Um, you know, and so it was, I think, um, really good to kind of see that aspect of Burnham. We're getting to see that she's different. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah. of course, if she's going to do a Black Ops off the books mission, who does she go to? You go to the one person who is, who, if you look up Black Ops in the dictionary, there's a picture of her, Georgia. Exactly. She goes to Giorgio. Hey, we need to do this. They said no. All right, cool. <laughs> Giorgio is not going to mm-hmm. care at all. And, and by the way, and, yeah. and, and, and how crazy is that when you look at seasons one and two, how Burnham, like how she was trained, like in the vault, in like in the whole Vulcan thing to stay loyal and not question authority. And you see how much she's changed now where it's, it's just absolutely incredible where uh, to, to me, it's like I look at her and don't be surprised. Like, don't be surprised if in like the next like two or three seasons of Discovery, she gets her own ship or she becomes king of Discovery. And sort of I see her as like the female James Kirk. So mm-hmm. that, that's kind of like where um, her whole character is going towards that as far as I'm concerned, you know. So and right. I love it. I absolutely love it, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was great to see, you know, that aspect of it. But I think we're really seeing Burnham just making a turn, you know, oh, yeah. it's big time. really, yeah. um, you know. Uh, but we also see George, uh, George O, she's kind of having something going on. We see, yeah. you know, we see in this episode, we see that she's having these mental lapses and um, she's. And then at one point she's incapacitated completely with this flashback scene. It seems like that it looks like maybe she's in the mirror universe and there's mm-hmm. blood and um, fights and, um, and it, you know, it keeps her from, you know, helping Burnham in a fight. Yeah. yeah big time. And, you know, yeah. and then these moments of vulnerability that you don't expect from this character, you know, I mean, God, Man, is is Michelle Yeoh just an incredible actor? Oh, she's I great. mean, she's just, wonderful. 
you know, she can play that cold hearted, just, you know, whatever. And then Mm -hmm. you see these moments of vulnerability and it's just like, whoa, you know, that's just really, um, you know, and and so, you know, it's just kind of what's happening is it has something to do with the mirror universe being further apart uh, as, as Kovic or the, um, I think maybe, or is it something else? I think maybe the, the section 31 interviewer brought something out of her that she just she had kept down for for a while and to me to to quote mr spock uh to speculate what it is i think she had a child and i think she killed her child on accident and she's reliving that Mm. and i think that's going to come to fruition where something as you know as traumatic as that happened it's going to come back and it's going to be explained and it's going to be just fucking mental probably so right which is why she adopted Verna. maybe you know mm-hmm. we yeah. know that because we talked she talked about that and how mm-hmm. you know the whole thing with Lorca that he was like the father because yeah. she, she needed something so um you know and then we see so we we see them arrive on uh who now which is where book is enslaved by the emerald chain mm-hmm. um and and so they they pose as merchants looking for salvage and they have you, you see some cool things like the uh, the Type Two Phaser from Next mm-hmm. Generation, yeah. some really cool stuff like that. Um, you, also, you also see it hovering above the old starships. You see a couple of Miranda classes. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh, it looks like a Miranda class. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very yeah. cool. I mean, yeah. um, and then there's that little, and then I think later on in the episode, there's that little. Uh, like disc bot that's kind of following them around. Yeah. And, and so I, I saw this later. Somebody said this, it's a shot for shot kind of shout out to, I don't know if you remember the movie, uh, no batteries included, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's an old eighties movie, Okay, but they showed a shot for shot scene where it was a disc type, you know, uh, thing and guy hits it and falls down and Burnham does kind of the same thing. And so, uh, it's interesting. Some, some of the little neat things that they're throwing in there. Um, so, so we know that they go in, they orchestrate a breakout and then they, they not only save book, but they release everybody else, mm-hmm. um, as, as kind of a, you know, prison break sequence was we've seen a hundred times. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and then, and then with, you know, of course book has to go out of his way to help somebody who, he friended in captivity, which uh, was an Andorian, which that guy, I don't know if you saw this this week or not, that guy had been a lifelong Star Trek fan and he showed oh, his wow. when he yeah, was a no, kid. He you know, and, and he had like a little two minute video, like when he was a kid, all the way to being able to play that Andorian. Uh, that was a really cool video. Oh, yeah. Showed, you know, his yeah. love for Star Trek. So, um, and so there, Book is safe, and they head back to Federation headquarters. And of course, we know that Burnham is in trouble because she left Big time Discovery without a first officer, and mm-hmm. the ship could have gotten called away. And mm-hmm. um, and it says, you know, and and then Burnham kind of seemed regretful, but um, like yeah, I think it was more that she knows that she's not part of the Federation or Discovery anymore. Not that she did the mission. You know, I think it's more that um, to me, it seemed like it was she's more upset that this is not her life anymore. You know, Um, you know, and then and and we see that she's conflicted because I think it's because the Admiral lets Rue kind of determine her fate. And Rue says she will no longer be the first officer. 
Yeah. Um, and that relationship uh, between Captain First Officer relies on trust, and they don't have that anymore. And I mean, dude, this sounds like something my dad would tell. My dad was not the yeller or screamer. Um, he wasn't the spanker. I mean, he would spank you right now. Like, my dad would have a 45 minute conversation with him, make you feel just terrible. And like, this seemed to do that, you know. Um, and Burnham agrees with that, and she basically just becomes a science officer. And, uh, you know, and so the question becomes, how is that going to their, you know, how is that going to affect their relationship from now on? Yeah. You know, what's, what's going to happen? I'm interested to see that, you know. I think um, she's going to earn his trust back. Personally. You, would, you would hope. Yeah, that's probably. But. Either, but. either that, but Ensign Tilly is like taking more of a bigger role in the ship and everything. And she's not as innocent or as, you know, like gullible as she was in season mm-hmm. one too. I think she's going to get, I think she's going to get promoted to Lieutenant or even get like a really big promotion where later on in the series, she might become the first officer because that's somebody that Saru can trust. Mm-hmm. Saru has come to her many times and has talked to her about how he should handle the crew and everything else. And he came to her, you know, asking her what he should do about Burnham. Mm-hmm. And that's really what you want in the first, you want to me, I look as Tilly more in, in that episode. She's, she seemed more of a first officer than Burnham ever could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause yeah. you know, Saru took a lot of faith and trust her to talk to her about that. So, right. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of to speculate where they're going to go in the series. I think that's where they're going to go for a little bit, but probably ah, maybe, but I, I think Burnham's going to gain the trust back of Saru and she's going to be the first officer again. And, you know, yeah. gonna... which leaves the question, does the first offer come from the 31st century or 32nd century from Star Trek, Starfleet, or I saw something the other day, somebody posted the only two people who are, first officer eligible based off rank and experience would be um, Commander Jet um, or Giorgio. <laughs> so it's, it's it's definitely not Giorgio. No, no. It's I not going And I think Jet is Jet on Discovery. Did she get assigned to Discovery or she was? Yeah, she's on Discovery. She was she was on the ship and everything. Yeah, she's, she's yeah, still so, there. So I guess maybe they might make her the first officer. I'm not sure. It'd but, be interesting to see. Also, too, is Discovery, are they going to keep their old uniforms or are they going to go to the new Starfleet uniforms? That's the question. I mean, yeah. I'll be interested to see that. Like, we know they've got the new communicators, you know, the badges. Yeah. But, you know, are they going to, you know, keep – I'll be interested to see that. I, yeah. I, uh, surely at some point they've got to change uniforms. You, know? you got to, yeah. You got to, yeah. Because, I mean – I mean, If you're going to stay in this time frame, I'm fine yeah. and everything, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, because I because I know when Pike came onto Discovery, he was still rocking the uh, the original uniform for a little bit, but then he went to the Discovery uniform after that. Right, because he's like, well, I'm a part of this family. I need to be. I need to dress up. Like, you know, exactly. Yeah. So you know, that's the thing. We do see Book and Burnham finally decide they're going to be together. You know, after all this time. Like, yes, I was waiting for that. Were you? Were you really? Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean. The tension it, was there. Yeah, yeah. No, that and it was, it was great. I, I enjoyed it a lot, that relationship and yeah. it coming together. And then of course we see um 
you know, Adira confides in statements about her invisible friend, as she calls him, Gray. Um, you know, of course, Gray is the, the last trill inside uh, in, in the symbiote in, in the symbiote that they have um, that's inside Adira. And uh, it seems a little strange for Stamets to digest, but it's not the weirdest thing on the ship for, for real. So he's just going, yeah, okay. okay. He's doing a lot of weird things on that ship and that. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, okay, yeah. And then great, um, you know, and, and is able to, in welcoming of a deer and is able to relate to Gray. And Gray in turn immediately forms a connection with the engineer. Yeah. So, um, you know, you know, the, this is just like nice to see kind of a connection, yeah. you know, go on with that. Um, it was, I think this was another great episode, man. So far they've been so good. Oh, been um, you know, it's really good to see. Yeah. I love kind of, I kind of like this rogue um, Burnham a little bit, you know, um, you knew it was coming. You knew yeah. the first time that something like this was going to happen. Was like coming. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <clears throat> so um, I think, um, yeah, Linus. That's that's the the Sorian's name, Linus. You know, I loved that. You know, just new transporter technology from Snafu's. Just him trying to him. He showed up in the captain's chair, just kind of like yeah. there was like, like what? what are you doing in the chair? Yeah. Um, you know. So uh, yeah, I there was a like a Hiawatha vessel and there's i think you said a miranda class yeah. I thought that was really neat too some of the once again the callbacks to type 2 phaser did, um, not, see, did not see a constitution class there i was no, no I, that would be cool i was that's sad. cool I was yeah sad. yeah so yeah i thought it was another great episode uh you know that i think i think i think next episode episode seven i think there's going to be some more fallout you know, to be honest with you, for Burnham, um, yeah. you know, I think anyway, I, I think she's not going to be able to handle what she had been doing on her own with Starfleet and Discovery because she's she wants to find the burn. You know, she's working. That's really her focus. And that's sure. not Star, that's not Starfleet's focus at all. It should be. You know? It should be. their focus as it should be. It should be. Because you want to find out what the hell caused this. And she even said if we don't find out what caused the burn and we don't solve it to help, you know, bring stuff back together again, the Federation will never, you know, be the way it was. And she's right about that. Exactly. You have how many starships that got fucking destroyed? What caused it? The fucking Romulans probably. (laughs) Well, we'll find out next episode. Fucking Romulans. She said Lance Archer will kill the fucking Romulans. Yeah. Yeah. Because Bloodwine is way better than Romulan ale. Fucking hate yeah. the Romulans. God. <laughs> so terrible fucking the, people. Yeah. Yeah. They are. Honorable. they are not honorable. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, not at all. And we know how much war hates them because of what they do. They are they are dishonorable. Mm-hmm. So but I mean I think I think you know really two great episodes kind of we're in the middle of the season. We're about halfway ish, you know, because I think there's thirteen, so Six, seven, it's about middle of the road. Um, and it, you know, this season has been great. They've hit the ground running and they're telling great stories. They're incorporating everybody on the show. Yeah. Um, and then just 
some of the diversity that they're doing on this thing has been great with the storytelling mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and how they handle it. So um, I've I've really enjoyed Discovery this season. I think it's their best season yet. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, um, season one was good. I liked the idea of Lorca and crossing the mirror universe. Season two, um, you know, was I think I. I was okay you know i think it was trying to find its footing of yeah. in transition of where to go from here kind of thing and then you know having that finalized jump to the future now they're hitting the ground running they know what they're doing they know who the characters are they know there's no there's a there's a set captain in place we're not jumping around captains yeah. no servers are captain you know those kind of things and then there's this whole Burnham was separated for a year. You know, how is she going to react coming back in? You know, it's a great sub story with this whole big story of the burn and what happened and, you know, dealing with all that. So I just, you know, they've, they've done a lot to create intrigue and interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a rebuilding story on top of it, man, it's it's been good. It's been yeah, real good, really good. You know? yeah. And so I can't wait for someone like Lance, who's as smart as he is, who watches this stuff, to get a hold of it and just really get his perspective on it too. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, it's been really good. So, um, uh, so that's I think that's our show this week, Triple D. I, I don't think, yeah, yeah, yeah we we've gone double normally what we normally do. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, which we an hour given- of that was was the Murder Hawk monster. Exactly. We've given these we've given these fans so much this this episode that you know what? But I have to say one last thing about the mirror universe. Talking about the mirror universe, mm-hmm. you notice how the mirror universe is one thing in Star Trek that's in every single series. Yeah, it was done. I loved how it was done in Enterprise. That was probably one of the best, like next to the original series for universe. That one was outstanding. Yeah. The only, the only, the only episode of series that didn't do it was next generation. Next generation. Yeah. Which I was surprised. Yeah. But but they've done it in the IDW comics and Mm -hmm. it's done very well. So yeah, Yeah, it really is. It really evil. Picard is like hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, I want to say thanks to Aaron at AEW and all the yes. work that they did to help make this happen. And of course to Lance, uh, Lance is a friend, but also just to make it happen for my birthday. Uh, it was great having him on and just talking Star Trek with someone like that is, I think it's always fun to have uh, another person you can talk and get their perspective on. So uh, I just want to give those people some shout outs. And, yes. and of course, shout out to MSG. Who's going to make us sound super good and sexy and make a 40, year old man like myself just feel be real good so all the ladies 42 years old 42 yeah. years old ass you don't look a day over 32 my friend <laughs> no i'm i'm 42 trust me yeah 1978 <laughs> yeah so my mom calls That'd me until happy birthday yeah 1978 at 242 in the morning my mom calls me this morning yeah. she's like I thought about calling you at 2.42. I had to go up and go to the bathroom. So I was 2.42. But I realized I probably shouldn't because at this point, your father and I's age, we probably, you'd think one of us died. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. My mom said that. My mom does it again. My mom did it. She did proceed. So this is the legend of Jesse Enright, okay? My mom is just a Southern woman you don't, you don't mess with. You know, so apparently she tells me this guy cuts her off. In, the, in, in her car one day and then cuts another guy off. Uh, apparently this was this week. My mom's had shoulder surgery, mind you. She probably shouldn't be driving, mm-hmm. but she's driving and a guy cuts her off and then cuts another guy off. She chases him down, 
gets up beside him and she said, at first, I don't think he saw that I was a woman because I had my hair pulled back and he rolled, he had his window rolled down and he flipped me the bird. And yeah, so mind you, this is in East Texas. My mom does not give a crap. She turns and she looks at him through the car, yells at him. You don't mess with this grandma. And he turns and he looked and he was like, oh shit you know like kind of that oh shit phase and like so he like slowed down and she's like i probably didn't handle that very well but hey i got the message across i was like yeah and i said in the legend and she's done this before with kids uh bullying a kid on a bike and kind of in a car and they kind of knocked the kid over so she chased that car down she had a she had a route 44 diet coke in her car with my two sisters in the car they're jaw jacking at her and my mom says what are you gonna do and they said the same thing she grabbed her full route 44 diet coke and threw it in their car and like they almost wrecked and she took off yeah so the legend of jesse enright continues yeah. to grow i love sharing stories of jesse enright because she oh, is a, oh yeah she is awesome i love my mom so much so yeah so that i mean it's been a good day i got to just spend some time with my son uh and so you know it's just been a good day so and then to top it off to talk to lance archer and to talk to star trek with you and Oh, that was great. Yeah, it was great. great. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so happy I could be part of your birthday and be part of your special day today, John. Yeah, man, of course. It means a lot. And thank you for, you know, and thank you for getting the ball rolling to get Lance on the show. It was, it was so great to talk to Lance. And once again, another big shout out to Ollie Wrestling and Aaron from Ollie Wrestling and Ollie Wrestling as a company that doesn't handcuff their performers and will mm-hmm. allow the performers to go and help, you know, basically lift all ships up in raising tide where they just don't give a crap about themselves. Exactly. Like, like other organizations. Exactly. So if you are listening and you're a fan of Star Trek, or if you know someone who's a fan of Star Trek, who's a little bit famous, let us know. We will, we want to have them on the show and talk discovery or talk uh, just whatever, you know, we'll kind of do a similar format and find out what got them into Star Trek and the history with it, what it means to them. And of course their favorite things about it. So um, let us know who you think would be good. And we will definitely try to get them on here as soon as possible to talk Star Trek. And how can the fans Ooh. tell us who they want to hear on the show? How can they reach out to us, John? Well, you know, Triple D, that is a good question. So the way, if you want to email us, because, you know, we check the email and we, yeah. we read it, and we read it ahead of time, unlike some people who have email addresses, oh. in force order. Um, <clears throat> well, uh, you can... Nobody emails them anyways because no one likes Star Wars. So, Well, yeah, no, I mean, who does? But if you want to email the show, you can email us at theacademyhmg at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. That is theacademy at hmg at yahoo.com. Uh, or if you want to hit us up on Twitter and slide into those DMs, mm-hmm. um, it is theacademyhmg on Twitter. And then, of course, on Facebook, mm-hmm. you type in uh, – you can type in the Academy uh, uh, with Triple D uh, and JD on HMG, or you can hit the at symbol and type in Academy HMG, and you will find us that way. And those are the ways to get a hold of us and talk yeah. to us. And, and if you want to tell one of your favorite hosts, whoever that might be, happy birthday mm-hmm. through there, you can tell them that. So uh, that's how you get a hold of us, Triple D. Exactly. And I also, too, I got to give a shout out to. I know we rip on the NFO, but 
much love to the NFL for the guests. Yeah. And they really, so guys, if you guys go back in the Hami Media uh, group, 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 or go to uh, Hacker Hameen, uh, the, the the main feed. I think I think they're on the main feed. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah, they they had uh, they recently they've had Rohit Roju, the X Division champion in TNA. Mm-hmm. Who I he's awesome. Mm-hmm. And they had the Hurricane Shane Helms on there as well. Who's exactly? Also, yeah, exactly. So guys, so guys, if you guys want to see what your favorite wrestling stars think of sci-fi, check us out. We had. The murder hawk, Lance Archer, how he likes Star Trek, and then go to the NFO to hear what Rohit and Sugar Shane Helm. Yeah, and even even bigger, they had Stephen Stanton on, who yeah. was the voice of Obi-Wan. Yeah. He's voiced a lot of different characters. He was yeah. he was uh he was uh Radis on you know on uh Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So I mean, hey, that was a great get yeah, too. Great so yeah. you know, it was a great interview for there. So hey. Yeah, GGP, Doc, you know, Doc and the Spirit yeah. Man. Much love for you guys for the work y'all are doing. Y'all are yeah. paving the way for us, man. We appreciate exactly. that. Yeah, no, they, they they are definitely. I when I listen to their, I mean, I know we're showing them, giving them too much fucking love, but when I yeah, be, be, before before we even started the podcast, I listened to their podcast. I didn't know you know fuck all about you know the whole like Star Wars, the Clone Wars stuff like that, but I listened to them. And I just, I just, I'm like, wow, you know, this is just so good the way they had their podcast flowing and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, a lot of love to those guys. Yeah, exactly. Also, also, right. to, also what else? A lot of love to everyone else here on the feed. Suck my balls podcast, Destino, to all the producers out there. Much love to all you guys. And more on morons, the new ones. We yeah, appreciate you. Morons. Yeah. They had talk about the Florida man stories. The Florida man stories are probably my the funniest thing. They crack me up. Oh yeah. So, but yeah. So guys, so check out everyone on here at the Hami Media Group and on the main page, Conspiracy Horsemen, the locker rooms, our our friends, Strangler Steve King, the big, mm-hmm. the big Voyager fan, Friday Locker Room, Conspiracy Horsemen, Stevie Richards, and Big Sal, two Star Trek fans who hopefully will. Them to come on to yeah. the show. So, yeah, we've broken that door with Lance Archer. So, let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's see what happens. So, let's keep it going. But, John, I think that's enough, John. And uh, also, too, guys, if you guys want to find John, look him up on Facebook, John Enright, uh, Jay Reezy Men on Twitter. Is that correct, John? And Instagram. And Instagram. You can find me, Dimitri Zerdos, on Facebook, uh, Dimitri Zerdos, Greek DZ25 on Twitter. And just look up Dimitri Zerdos on Instagram. I don't remember my Instagram handle, but oh well, screw it. I really don't post a lot on there anyway. <laughs> but guys, guys, thank you guys. God bless you all. To everyone out there in Star Trek land, live long and prosper. And we will see you two weeks from now. Later. <laughs> <laughs>